Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Giving you the real from A to Z surrounding the Dallas Cowboys. News, updates, rumors, transactions, takes, and more. So strap up, Cowboys Nation, and start your day off with A to Z Sports. Live with Will Steele. Three, two, one. Here we go! Good morning, good people, and happy Friday. Welcome to A to Z Sports Live. We are streaming live on YouTube on this beautiful Friday morning. And of course, I am your host, Will Skywalker Steel. Boom! It's Friday, ladies and gentlemen. That means we have our matchup segment later on in the show three key matchups and one of them a little bit of a curveball throwing a curveball at y'all we haven't really done this in the previous uh matchup segments before i'm gonna try it today just because i feel like it will make sense in the roundup we got a lengthy injury report i don't know if you guys follow wrestling but there was it was the thousand moves of death or whatever it was from chris jericho we rolled out the list and it was taller than him. That's what yesterday's injury report looks like. It's a long list, but I'm going to tell you why. If you really look at it, it's not as serious as it may look. However, there are some players we got to get some updates on. So we'll uh, get into that as well in a roundup. Plus, we hear from our new linebacker, Rashawn Evans. And I got a take on Rashawn Evans that brings back uh, one of our former segments over the last year here that you guys seem to enjoy with one of our sponsors, so uh, stick around for that. And then, of course, after everything, we'll get into our three key matchups. So jam-packed Friday. There is a another curveball I'm throwing at you guys after I give you guys the take, so uh, I do. it is a chance to, to win something. So I'm going to tease it. That's what's called a teaser, and I will do that. But y'all need to stick around for that. But what's good, Bomb Squad? Bomb Squad! How y'all feeling, man? Um... Shouts out to, hate to say it, but the Phillies. I know we got some Braves fans in the chat. Uh, as a, as a as a old school Brave fan, because I don't want to fake the funk to y'all. I don't want to do it. I don't watch baseball as much anymore, and I just feel dirty saying, "Oh yeah, I'm a Braves fan." I'm an old school Braves fan. Don't follow baseball as much, but shout out to my guy Pat. I know Professor O. He's a Braves fan. A couple other people in here are Brave fans. If I had the music, I'd play it, but I used to have that damn drop. Where'd that drop go? Let me see here. Uh, the, uh, nope, nope, it ain't there no more. I don't got it. But yeah, man, it sucks for, for Braves fans right now, but definitely when it's the Phillies. Like, you don't want to see the Phillies move along. I mean, come on. But rooting for the Rangers, right? <laughs> yeah, Lee, I know, bro. I know. It's rough. It's rough out here. It's rough out here for y'all. 
But being in Dallas, I got to root for the Rangers to get to this to the uh, to the to the big game, right? Or as they call it, the Fall Classic with the uh, World Series. So because I do want to see, I want to see a parade, man. I, I do. And, and if it ain't gonna be Dallas, which we got a ways to go to get there, um, and it ain't gonna be the Mavericks, which they had their chance a couple years ago. And I wasn't here in 2011. Well, God dang it, we got the Rangers right now. Let's see what they can do. Let's see what they can do, man. That's enough baseball talk. I ain't going to sit here and fake the funk. I don't really know much about it anymore. I'm not as drawn into it as I was, but go Rangers. Go Rangers. All right, let's get into the roundup and talk about this injury list and talk about Rashawn Evans, man. I'm just saying, bro. It's time. It's time. It's time. It's time for It's time for the morning roundup. Round them up, boys. Let me talk to you. Hey, they pushing my boy LA night, ain't they? Woo-hoo-hoo. Yeah. Shout out to my guy LA night. Hold on, where he at? That's my guy, man. If you like, if you like Attitude Era, Monday Night Wars, man, he brings lots of those memories back. Anyway, lengthy, lengthy injury report for the Cowboys. 17 names are on that list. But when you look at it, it looks worse than what it really is, though, Cowboys Nation. 10 of those 17 names are either full participants. Or rest days. And what it's looking like now is kind of the early portion of Cowboys practices are considered veteran rest days or what have you. Um, and since this game is Monday, Cowboys going to have an extra day or two of practice. Uh, so they're treating Thursday practice like a Wednesday. So 17 names are on there, but 10 of them are either full or guys getting rest. So it's not like there's 17 players that are hurt or banged up. Two of those guys are on IR. LVE, CJ Goodwin, they're done for the season. Well, one is done for the season. The other one's on IR. So they have to put those guys on there to start off the the week, but they won't be on there next week because obviously they're on IR. So that leaves five real legitimate names that are on this list, and I'll give them to you. Did not practice. Only two of those guys. Turpin and Wanye Thomas, and Wanye is dealing with a hamstring. Wanye is an interesting one. He popped up on that injury report. Was a little bit surprised. Uh, didn't hear anything about it. Hammy. Hate to hear Hammy. We've been talking about Thomas trying to get some more tick. And this happened. So we'll have to obviously watch today, tomorrow, and even Sunday. They'll probably do a little something, something Sunday. And then they'll fly out prior to, uh, I imagine, probably Sunday morning, Sunday afternoon to get ready for the Chargers game on Monday. So, and then Cavante Turpin. He didn't practice. He has the high ankle sprain. Which, again, I, I'm i just shocked that he even has a chance. This is kind of crazy to me. But nonetheless, he was out there. No boot on his foot. No, Doesn't look like he had a crazy tape on his ankle. We'll see. The limited participation, guys. Damone Clark was limited last week. Gallimore's new. He has a knee limited. And then Pollard also was limited last week. But he has a shoulder. So those are like the five real injuries. Clark, Gallimore, Pollard limited. But Turpin and Wanye did not practice. Uh, the other 15 names, or not 15 names, I'm sorry, 12 names 
it's it's not really a thing. It's just a rest day and or uh, these guys are out on IR. So it looks daunting, but it kind of looks like a normal ass injury report when you really look at it. We'll see what happens today uh, after practice in regards to Thomas and Turpin. Those guys did not practice. I don't know that they will practice today. I'd imagine Clark Gallimore Pollard will continue to be on a limited basis. Um, and then we'll see what happens this weekend. I'm a little bit shocked that Rashawn Evans uh, spoke very so quickly. Now, I say shocked, but this is the Cowboys. Maybe any other team, they're not going to put the microphone in front of these guys' face right away. But in Dallas, oh, yes, indeed. Uh, it's a gift and a curse. All right, it's a gift because we get a chance to hear from these guys right away. It's a curse because sound bites and all this other stuff in the media. But he got a chance to speak with the beat down there, and it sounds like he could go this week. His words were, I can play this week, but it's going to be up to the coaches. Um, we talked about this with Patrick Nosey Walker yesterday, DallasCowboys.com insider. Uh, he doesn't, and I agree with him here, he doesn't think it's going to take much for Evans to be ready to go. However, it will ultimately be up to the coaches. But here are some of the things that Evans uh, said during his media scrum or what have you. He said, when asked about his attribute, his biggest attribute that he brings to the Cowboys, physicality. Mm, love to hear that. He said, quote, I try not to be too savvy in my words about my play, and I try to leave it up to what I've shown on TV, but I can't wait for that opportunity to come. I appreciate that, especially given we are in Dallas and we know they love sound bites, they love clips, they love all that stuff. And he's just like, look, I, look, I'm physical. I, I bring physicality here. I I can't get cute and funny with my words or whatever, man. I just allow my play to speak for me. Uh, so just just watch when we get on TV. Appreciate that from Rashawn Evans. Uh, yesterday, I talked about his leadership uh, being a a key thing without Leighton Vanderesh out there, right? Given he's the only linebacker in that room, LVE was, but now it's Rashawn Evans with real long-term experience in this league, highs and lows for years, right? Rashawn Evans, 27 years old, been around for about like six, seven years, six years, I think. And he spoke on mentoring these guys. He said, quote, I try to give them advice about my own career and about preparing for the game and, and the standard that comes with the game. And he said, as soon as he got in the building, these guys were asking questions, even like, hey, man, I see how you are out here. Like, why, why are you even on the street? Like, what, what happened? He's like, I know it's, it's the business. That's the NFL. It's the league. And like I said yesterday, when asked around, there, there was a point in the offseason where Evans wanted a certain amount, dollar amount and teams weren't willing to pay. And he was just like, screw it, I'll wait. Um, and then he gets picked up by Philly and requests his release very fast, you know. And they were granted his release. And here he is in Dallas. So maybe it's a blessing. He says, on being ready, it won't take me too much to get up to speed. I've been training all season to be a part of somebody's team. And now that I have an opportunity to be a part of Cowboys, I'm ready whenever they're ready. Hmm. I'm ready whenever they are ready. Well, we ready. <laughs> we as Cowboy fans are ready because we we need physical physicality from that position, more downhill type of player from that position. And that leads me to the return of our Hattie B's hot take. Shouts out to Hattie B's. They are back on as a sponsor. 
and our very first How to Be's Hot Take, which we do on Fridays for the most part, and we'll continue to do that for as long as we are partnered up. My very first one revolves around Rashawn Evans. Y'all know I'm not a hot take artist, by the way. I don't like hot takes. However, I get that money. Uh, <laughs> here's my hot take. Might be lukewarm, but it's up to y'all. Rashawn Evans will hold down the fort or fortify it. He might fortify that thing in LVE's absence. Rashawn Evans will hold down a fort, if not fortify it, in LVE's absence. I do think there is something about being that physical downhill player that makes plays at the line of scrimmage or behind the line of scrimmage. There's something to that, especially in this defense, because we really haven't had that on a consistent basis. He had 46 stops last year. By the way, this isn't a guy coming off a bunch of injuries or a guy that hasn't played in a couple years. He just played, and he played a career year in Atlanta last year. He had 46 stops. That is the most stops of any linebacker on this team since 2018 when LVE had 54. No one has reached that number. They haven't even reached 40 since 2018 of the guys on this team, right? He also has nine tackles for loss in the last two seasons. Again, there is something to downhill and playing at or beyond the line of scrimmage. We, as much as some people, hey, LVE's playing better, LVE leadership, green dot, he does different things, that's fine. But one thing he does not do is play at or beyond the line of scrimmage on a consistent basis. Nine tackles for loss in the last two seasons for Rashawn Evans. LVE coming into the season had 12 total in his career. That's just not his game. Whereas this is definitely Rashawn Evans' game. Now, could he be uh, a guy that you target in past in the past department? Possibly, right? He had four pass breakups last year. I wouldn't consider him a uh, pass game savant, right? Pass coverage savant. But he knows where to be. Uh, he talked about getting back into the swing of things from a tackling standpoint, just feeling that type of uh, physicality, and then also knowing where to be in zone coverage. And that's something I do think LVE does at a high level. He knows where to be in zone coverage. Now he just got to make plays on the ball. Uh, but I'm more concerned about coming downhill. I'm more concerned about making plays at the line of scrimmage. I'm more concerned about making plays behind the line of scrimmage. And that's something that Rashawn Evans, I think, can give you. So, one more time, my hot take for the day. I think Rashawn Evans will not only hold down a fort, but possibly fortify the fort in LVE's absence. Will that be this week? We'll see. We will see. That is my hot take presented by Hattie B's. No conversation about the best Nashville-style hot chicken is complete without a serious mention of Hattie B's Hot Chicken, which was founded in Midtown Nashville in 2012. Hattie B's is renowned nationally for its authentic Nashville hot chicken. It's a fast, casual eatery and now has a location in downtown Dallas. Deep Bellum, actually. And it serves up hot chicken with varying levels of heat. If y'all remember these heats... I know what it is. Southern, mild, medium, hot to damn hot in the daredevil's dream. Shut the cluck up. So what makes Hattie B's hot chicken a beloved favorite? Each free range, humanely raised chicken is brined, hand breaded, and fried to perfection. So 
Use the link in the description to sign up or visit HattieB.com for your next order. Now, here is where things will get interesting. Before we move on to the matchups. Before we move on to the matchups. We're going to be doing a weekly giveaway on behalf of Hattie B. Shouts out to him. Okay. A $50 gift card giveaway each and every week, which you can receive digitally digitally, and can be used at any Hattie B's in the country. All right. How do you get it? This is where it gets fun. Now, we're trying some things out here. Okay. I don't know how, how often we're going to do this in regards to the trivia, but we're going to do this. So we're going to do a Cowboys trivia. I'm going to give you guys 30 seconds. Let me get my, where my clock at. Get you, give you guys 30 seconds to answer said trivia question. Whoever gets those the answer right, we'll put you guys in a drawing. Y'all know the wheel that we do. Spin the wheel, and you will be the winner of the $50 gift card giveaway. All I need is your name, email, and it'll be sent to you, and boom, you're good to go. So once again, I'll ask the question. You'll have 30 seconds to answer. Whoever gets it correct in the chat, I will take your names, put it in the wheel. We'll spin it. If it's only one person that gets it right, congratulations. You are the winner. Anybody that submits the answer after the 30 seconds will not be eligible to get in there. Okay? So here we go. And I turn the music off so you can hear. Let me get it ready. Here's a question. Get your trigger finger ready. Get your Twitter fingers ready. Who is the only cowboy? And I'm going to put this in. I actually want to put this in here real quick because I don't want y'all to. There we go. Who is the only cowboy to win an NFL title as a player, assistant coach, and head coach? And I'm putting it in the chat. Who was the only cowboy to win an NFL title as a player, an assistant coach, and a head coach? Go. Twenty seconds. Kind of started off with a, a kind of crazy one here. Ten seconds. Three, two, one, done. I saw the correct answer in here. I saw the correct answer in here. We're ending at Brian Bradford. That's the last guy that gets a chance to get in there. Bro, where the hell did you go? Where'd you go, Brian? God dang, did y'all just throw up here like 17 different questions? No, uh, 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 where'd you go, Brian? Woo, that, y'all, yeah, y'all threw that in there late. The correct answer? Mike Ditka. Okay, so I will go from Brian on up. And grab your guys' names and throw them in this wheel. So we got Bradford, who got it correct. Michael Whitehead got it correct. Mom just called you Mike Whitehead. Is that fine with you, brother? Uh, here we go. Ty Harvey got it correct. Grayson Randall got it correct. I spell your name wrong. My bad. Who's Bear 24? I got you, Bear. Mm, John McSwain. Just going to put you down as McSwain. 
No, not Chan Gailey. Taylor Ellis. I'm going to put you down as T. Ellis. Now Switzer. R Ricky Wheat. I'm not sure what you was doing there. It says Sitka. My guess is you meant Dicka. I'll give it to you, Ricky Wheat. I'll give it to you, but we're going to need you to be a little bit more correct there, brother. Uh, Tony Hubbard. Man, a lot of y'all actually got this right. Dan Reeves would have been a good one. That would have been a good one, but he didn't win one. Uh, Jimenez, Mike Jimenez. I tried to throw a dang curveball at y'all because I didn't think a lot of y'all was going to get this. Jay Recruiter. Toxic. TC915. Man, yo, all right. I'm getting I'm making this way harder next time. And it was some weird ones on it. Like, who was the person that added the stripes to the cow? Like all stuff like that. But I didn't want to go too crazy. INC. Again, we just trying this thing out. And I don't know if this is gonna be the way to do it, because this is taking way too long. Uh, let's see here. Do, 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 Nope. Nope. And then Vance. I know Vance was one of the first ones. Vance. CR, Zeno. Ricky. Good Lord. Ricky. Hey, Zach, we go out to figure something else out, bruh. <laughs> and that's it. Okay, here we go. I tell you the thing you do. Where we at here? Here are all the names. Just to let y'all know, I ain't picking these myself. I'm clicking the button. Whoever wins gets a fifty dollars gift card. Here we go. Congratulations to oh almost Vance. Hey, uh, Mr. Vance, what I need you to do? is send me your full first and last name and email address. And <laughs> Zach Baker said, I got you. <laughs> and I will get you that $50 gift card to Addie B's. Congratulations. Again, if you're listening, Vance, because I promise you, if you don't do this, Brother L, look, I, I wish. We got to find a different way. Gotta find it, but, but Vance, Vance Williams, right? Shoot me your name and email address. If you have me on Twitter, ask Skywalker Steel. If not, my email address, Skywalker Steel at Gmail, um, so that you can recoup this giveaway. Uh, I'll send you via Twitter. Perfect. Congratulations to Vance Williams. Again, something different that we're trying. Uh, apologies that it kind of took longer than I thought. I thought I duped y'all. I'll keep it on. I, I thought I might have got y'all a little bit with that one because, you know, Mike Dick kind of no one really thinks about him anymore. But congratulations to everybody that got the answer correct. Uh, I did not expect y'all to get that answer. I ain't going to lie to you. I thought maybe like five, not 15. But good stuff. Okay. With that said, we're going to turn this page and we're going to hit these matchups. And in doing so, Give y'all a few seconds to kind of reset here. Is that fair? You're listening to A to Z Sports. Do it live! At some point, hoping to broadcast in front of the millions of Cowboys fans to bring you the real. But for now, strap up and reach for the sky. 
Here's your host, Skywalker Steel. I'm Luke Skywalker. I'm here to rescue you. Facts. <laughs> we'll do it live. Facts, Inc. Technically, my demographic lies in that mid-20s to 54, I think it was. So 100% was a... Well, when I say 35 and older, let's, if we're being honest, though, I say this a lot about our young Cowboy fans. I think you need to study up on Cowboys history. I'm not telling you how to fan. I don't like to do that. But I think it's important with the historic franchise that we are. I know it ain't been great recently. But we are a historic franchise in the National Football League. I think it's only right that you, you know, know about these things for your Cowboys back in the day. Um, I'm not saying live in the past, but know your history about your team. Not counting my age, man. All right. Let's get into these matchups. Uh, I do think the Cowboys have a few of these matchups that, well, at least the one I'm about to talk about now, that that is heavily in their favor. Uh, The other two uh, will be matchups that the Cowboys just need to to win or need to, uh, at the very least, compete. At least one of them. First matchup here. Michael Davis versus Michael Gallup. Let me unlock this. Versus Michael Gallup. And Brandon Cooks. We broke down the the Chargers offense and defense over the last two days, but we didn't break down the individual guys specifically. But this one I will. Uh, Michael Davis, when you look at the Chargers pass defense, they're they're pretty bad this year. Just is what it is. They rank dead last in yards, 27th in touchdowns allowed. And Michael Davis is responsible for over half of those touchdowns. Four of them to be exact. Um, And he's allowed a quarterback rating of 138 when targeted and a 72% completion rate. At some damn point, Brandon Cooks is going to have to get going. At some point. (laughs) What better week than against a bad pass defense like this one? On the flip side, I have this thought that Michael Davis will be lined up on Gallup a lot in this game. And here's why. Davis is the big body corner, 6'2", roughly 200 pounds. He's the bigger guy that they probably want to match up with the opposing team's bigger guys. Doesn't work out for him because he's just hasn't been good this year. Um, and I think they'll eventually put Asante Samuel on Brandon Cooks throughout this game. And here's why I think that. Both of these cornerbacks flip sides. They don't play just one side of the field when you go and look at their snap counts. They are moving around on each side of the field. So, well, why not? C.D. Lamb or Michael Davis guy. Well, he ain't going to see him. You know, they, they don't slide inside. Asante Samuel, Michael Davis do not move inside and play in the slot. And that's where C.D. Lamb does most of his damage and where he's going to play. So you'll see Lamb matched up on Jasir Taylor, which is a big mismatch, too, because Taylor hasn't been good this year either. No one really has in that pass game, pass defense, hence why they're dead last in the league. So if we could take advantage of mouse in the house Michael Davis I think you can get some bigger plays made on this guy they don't like to have big plays made on them hence why they play so much too high hence why they play a lot of cover four umbrella stuff they want you to catch it and rally and tackle it's be a good time to maybe you know get some tunnel stuff going get some uh some deep posts on these guys or some deep digs on these guys and and see maybe what 
if you get Cooks the ball right now, see what he can do. Not on a, just, a, just a regular slant. Not on a double slant, which we'll get to in a second. But actively work to get him to rock. And you can say the same thing about C.D. Lamb, right? Which is a big topic this week and over the last couple of weeks. Getting the damn rock. But if the Cowboys can take advantage of Michael Davis, I think everything else will kind of fall in line um, for this offense. Now, there's other things that need to happen. But this is a matchup that I think the Cowboys can win before they even step on the field. I feel like they have a huge advantage. So take advantage of it. What happened to players over plays, right? The whole thing, right? Players this, players that. Well, here's your matchup. Every week, you kind of got one. Utilize it. This second one, really interested to see what you guys have to say about this. Because after kind of looking at the film and, and seeing how our player is playing here, this is an interesting matchup. Jordan Lewis versus Keenan Allen. You might say, what the hell? Physically, this is a mismatch physically. Uh, But J-Lo's starting to get his feet up under him. Starting to get his feet up under him. This is a big task. Keenan Allen is no easy player to defend. Right? But you're going to see this matchup a hell of a lot. Because Keenan Allen plays in the slot. And he plays... In the slot, majority of the time, he's only played less than 15 snaps or more than 15 snaps out wide once. And that was in week one. So you're likely going to see him in the slot 30, 40 or so times in this game. And you're going to see this matchup. And it's been four weeks now since J. Lewis returned. Mm -hmm. And when you look on the film, I think he looks better than he did prior to the injury. Seriously, physically, J. Lou looks good. And I think he's been, actually, I think he's been underrated. He's been an underrated run defender. That's always, he's always kind of had some physicality for his size. And if you're into grades, he's been the number one graded run defender at the position since his return. I think that's, that's, I didn't think that was the case, but when you go look, he has, he's already got half as many stops as he's had all last year. He's halfway there. Obviously he forced a big turnover last week against Christian McCaffrey. You often see him practicing with the safeties in camp because he does some of those things in the box due to where he plays. What about coverage? What about coverage? PFF put that touchdown last week to... Who was it? A tight end, George Kittle. They put that on Jordan Lewis, but when you went back and watched the film, it wasn't on Jordan Lewis. We actually broke this down um, with Okoye. J. Lou actually played that extremely well. He just didn't get no help over top because J. Rock got confused, bit on Debo Samuels with the fake reverse, and that left the back backside of that. Now, great, great play call, but J. Lou played it well. And if you go look at his film since he's returned, it's been pretty damn solid. Had a nice pass breakup on Brandon Ayuk. He's he's in the game from a IQ and acumen standpoint. And I think that's where he's going to have to win against Keenan Allen this week, y'all. I think he's going to have to win with his with his IQ. He's going to have to win being a heady, savvy player because that's how Keenan Allen is beating guys this year. He's a dude that's getting moved around and, and, and open via scheme, but I don't think he's beating dudes just physically. Uh, just look, it is what it is. He gets hurt a lot. He's older, but that doesn't mean he can't beat you with his mind and, 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 and his uh, football IQ. That's what he does, and that's how... Ke- Kellen Moore is going to utilize him. I think that's a good match with J. Lou because J. Lou plays with that same way. 
Now, as I say that, when I was doing this matchup, let me bring y'all back here. I got to thinking. And look, I'm not saying this is what should happen. I kind of just want to have this conversation with y'all. I like Jay Lou in the slot. 100%. I think he's, he's going to be fine there. But do you consider in this game, given there's no Mike Williams, we don't believe that Palmer and Johnston right now are, are super, super threats, right? No Jalen Guyton. He's still out injured. Do you consider star coverage with Deron Blaine? Talk to me, Cowboys man. Do you consider star coverage with Deron Bland? I, I don't know that it's necessary because J. Lou was obviously a very capable slot guy. But we know Deron Bland is like that, right? And they're just not going to put Keenan Allen on the outside on Deron Bland all game. They ain't going to do it. They're not stupid, right? Why would I put him on their best corner who's playing their best ball? Deron Bland's playing some hella good ball. You go back and you look at that game against San Francisco. Ain't Deron Bland that's your problem. No, sir. So we do that, right? Again, just talking to y'all. If you do put De'Ron Blaine on the, in the, on the inside, he ain't putting J. Lou on the outside. Like, that's just not going to happen, right? Who you put out there? You think about Izzy? Come on, talk to me. Just talking. I ain't saying they doing this. I ain't asking nobody down there. I'm just thinking of ways to, to you know, minimize or delete Keenan Allen, and I know we got a beast of a cornerback in Deron Bland. Outside, inside, don't matter. I like J. Lou. I think J. Lou will be fine. But I feel like I know Deron Bland will get in Bruh's grill. And the fact that he can't beat me physically anymore, I don't think he can. Deron Bland will make it tough on Keenan Allen physically, and maybe you'll get a chance to get some interceptions. So what do you do on the outside? Shouts out to you, Noah Igbenogany getting a touchdown or whatnot. I don't know that I'm ready to see out there just yet. I could probably say the same thing with Izzy, but I know I've seen Izzy, you know, get thrown into the fire, have to step up on the inside, but I think he's actually tailor-made to be on the outside given his size, use the uh, the sideline and whatnot. And guess what? Big body guys you're going against. Johnston, uh, Palmer, these aren't speedy dudes going to run right by. These are big body physical guys. So if I want to throw a curveball in this thing, and it sounds weird, hey, we're going to bench one of our cornerbacks that's playing well. I'm not saying bench him. But if things get weird, if if early on you see, hey, this matchup ain't working, I'd consider moving Deron Bland inside and seeing if Izzy can do some things outside. Now, now, that has to be a part of preparation. You can't just up and just do it, right? That's to be part of preparation. And it's not an easy decision to make because I do think that J. Lou is playing good ball. But it was just thought. It's just something I was I was just thinking about. If if things start to get muddy, or if hey they go into this game saying hey we think Deron Bland can neutralize this guy uh, when it comes to man coverage because it, in man coverage they really don't want Keenan Allen trying to at least from what I've seen on the three games I watched they're not asking Keenan to just flat out beat your man. They're doing things to get him open and he's using his mind to aid in that. I think that's what's cool about it. So just a thought. Uh, Sajid said, who's coming off the field? It, it would be J. Lou. So that's what we're saying. We move Duran inside. J. Lou, come off and you put Izzy outside. But 
It's interesting. Want to keep playing outside? That's how I feel too, Swain. Like, I let him rock. I think J. Lou doing well. But it was just a thought process because I know that DB is nice like that. J. Recruiter said, Nashawn is coming. Nashawn, right? By the way, I could have probably put him. We talked about this uh, in the roundup. Nashawn Wright uh, did return in regards to practice. His 21-day window was open. He's not he's not back yet, but his 21-day window was open. Uh, they'll decide to activate him whenever they decide to do it. Uh also, they signed Sean McEwen to the roster, 53-man roster, and Peyton Hendershot is on IR. I don't know how I feel about, about Hendo right now. He's got he's got a long way to go, and honestly, we get way, way into next season. Good, good luck, bro, with John Stevens coming back. Uh, yeah, no, no DeGuru. You wouldn't put him outside. That's why I say you use you use Izzy out there. And, and again, maybe in specialty situations, maybe if things get rocky early on, you you look into doing that, but I feel like that would have to be planned, right? Like I don't think you can just do that without planning it. Alex says he's over the J Lo experiment. I don't think it's an experiment. Um, I promise you, and I'm not trying to be that guy, but I sw- go go put on the film of Jordan Lewis. I think your whole mindset would change about how he's he's playing good ball this year. Like Jordan Lewis is the least of your problems on defense, the least of your problems. Uh, if J. Lou was looking like J. Lou was even before his injury, like before his injury, Jordan Lewis was looking like, hey, is he hurt? Is he dinged up? Is he, he ain't moving right? And then he got hurt on an interception, by the way. And I, I I had a little bit of worries about him coming back, but he looks on film again. Jordan Lewis looks better than he's looked in years past, which I don't know how that's possible given his foot situation, but it is what it is. So I'm not capping for J. Lou. But I think J. Lou is playing good ball when I turn on that film, bro. CJ said, should we switch to more zone this week? Well, tried that last week. <laughs> tried that last week. Didn't work out. So I say no. Um, Here's why I'm going to say no to that, CJ. What you don't want to do, you have to play. You have to mix it up. You can't just constantly be one or the other. But what you don't want to do is give these wide receivers who I don't think threaten you vertically just space to take easy catches. And now they use their physicality to break tackles or what have you and get yak and whatnot. Excuse me. I do think you need to challenge these guys a little bit more so that you can get home on Justin Herbert. Herbert wants to push the rock. Herbert wants to... He don't give a damn if they're covered. He's still going to throw it up. So that means more opportunities for guys like DB and Gilly, right, to make plays on the ball. I don't fear these guys getting behind me from a pure physical standpoint. They'd have to get behind me via scheme, via double moves, things like that. And look, Kellen Morris, we saw that. We we made we showed you some plays. We showed you some plays where Kellen Morris getting Keenan Allen on some, some wheel routes, right? He's getting them free based off of the coverage. So you do got to be aware of how they're trying to attack you but i'd like them to just play their game in this one it's a little different yeah kellen does some some pre-snap motion and stuff like that but this this isn't san fran in in a manner of how they utilize their pre-snap motion so i say play their game mix it up but play their game don't make things comfortable and easy for justin herbert you give him windows to throw the dude has a laser arm he's going to throw him in those windows and just keep the chains moving but if you make him have to con- make contested throws, he's going to try it anyway. I take my chances with that 
uh, over just letting him sit back there and say, oh, we're dropping in zone. I'll just get it to Allen or whomever, 8, 10, 15 yards, and let's keep it moving. That's kind of my thought. Kind of my thought. So he says, yeah, but we know Kellen likes man-beating routes. Yeah, he likes man-beating routes, but Deron Bland, Gilly, this pass rush, you've got to have time to get those routes off, right? you got to have time. We also know that, I mean, at least in Dak's case, he tore up zone last year too, right? Went into the number one defense, and that was Dak, right? Like, like number one defense against the Eagles, and I don't think he missed. <laughs> it didn't feel like he missed when they played zone. So I just think you got to be who you are, and I think being who you are against this team actually will work uh, as opposed to maybe another Miami. Now, you want to talk about going zone? That's the game you want to go zone. That's the game where you say, hey, look, man, I'm just going to live with, with y'all having to sift through seven, eight defenders, and we'll figure it out. Because those dudes will get right behind you. Yeah, I agree, Jay. Play to your strengths, specifically in this one. Spe- specifically in this one. Okay. Here's my third one. And this one's going to be a little lengthy because we're going to kind of go into a little bit of a film session in a way. Not really. Not me personally, but somebody else. Super Bowl winner. My third key matchup. Mike McCarthy versus Mike McCarthy. <sighs> Big Mike. Boy, I oof. look, make no bones about it, man. Big Mike was not in his bag on Sunday, and he'd tell you that. He would tell you that. And what I do not want to see or start to see is this offense. He loses the offense, and he loses one of his biggest weapons like a CD lamb. With that said, the details that they preached in the offseason. We did not see those things on display on Sunday. We saw some of it earlier in the year for sure. We ain't see that on Sunday. We in week five. I get there's going to be some growing pains because I was told this was going to be mostly the same offense. Now nah, they pretty much scratched the whole offense and trying a bunch of different things, different things that we didn't do previously. So, yeah, sure. Growing pains, whatever, Mike. However, when you when your whole thing is details, 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 I appreciate the details. But when those details aren't happening, they're consecutively not happening on possessions and plays and whatnot, it's a scary proposition if you go up against a good defense. I'm not just saying that. Hall of Fame quarterback Kurt Warner broke down some of these things about the details. And so we're going to go back into the film room or the lab via Kurt Warner, and we're going to listen to him. I'm not going to play the whole thing because the whole thing is like six minutes or something like that. But we'll play part of Kurt Warner. I'm going to show you a play where the details actually mattered and worked for the Cowboys early in the season, then Kurt's going to show you how another team does it. So here's Kurt Warner talking about the details that the Cowboys lacked in the game. I'm a guy that's all about the details. You guys know that if you watch my study ball and and pay attention to the stuff that I break down. So this particular play, Dallas is going to run a double slant over here to this side. So we'll run it real quick, see the double slant. So this isn't the interception. This is actually one that happened earlier in the game. So a couple things I want you guys to pay attention to. The first thing I want you to recognize is that they're on the backside hash. So when you're on the backside hash, obviously 
you're going to cut down the space that you have over here to isolate because you're really trying to isolate this linebacker. He gets wide, you throw it underneath him. If he stays tucked inside or really just hesitates, you're going to hit the guy outside. But here's where details become so important that as you watch this play, what I want you to notice is that both receivers run their routes at the same depth. Okay, so hardest thing for a quarterback is what we're trying to do is, is see movement. But if both of these guys are running their routes at the same depth, it's impossible to be on time to the outside throw unless you're just guessing ahead of time because you can't get a read off of the inside linebacker unless this guy makes him do something. And so if he's going to push up five yards and he's going to push up five yards and you've got to throw it as this guy's breaking out of his five-yard slant, how do you get a read off of this guy until this guy breaks? So one of the details that I've always run with double slant is I run this guy on a one-step slant. One-step slant, three-step slant. One step so I can get a read. I can get an idea of what this guy's doing. So if he does push through on the one step, I can react back to the inside. Otherwise, I have no chance. So we get that read, and then this guy comes out of his break later than the other guy. So you see it right here, and I think this is Dre Greenlaw right here. He's just right? He's not doing anything. And so he's not really jumping outside. So you really want to be able to throw the outside slant. But again, you can't throw the inside. You can't throw the outside because they're both on the same plane. And it actually how it plays out, you see CD Lamb is actually shorter than the inside receiver on the double slant. So timing is everything on this particular play, right? He should be going inside to this defender right here. And then again, more details, more details. Dallas is running uh, a little hook outside over here, and we're going to put the back right underneath this inside slant. Why not put the back over there to the strong side? So if this guy wants to push wide to the hook, we just replace him right there. But details are everything. And the reason why I have this play up, my bad Cowboys Nation, let me go ahead and reset this, is because if you look at earlier in the season, we ran something similar. Now, what you don't see in that breakdown is he talks about where the ball is at via the hash or whatnot. So the ball is actually on the oppo hash of the three by uh, two set. And he talked about the details. We saw a lot of those details early in the season. This was a play, which was a big play, too. It was on fourth down. If you look at the top of the screen, you guys can see my cursor. Yes, yes you can. Now, this isn't a two-by-two two set that we saw against the 49ers, but similar thing, get a double slant and just watch how these guys push the field and the details happen to matter. At the snap, I'm going to slow it down now. Look how he cuts off his route quickly, as Kurt Warner talked about, and you'll see C.D. Lamb push this guy up the middle of the field, which then opens this thing up for a pitch and catch first down for our guy, Brandon Cooks. Again, the details matter. They're, these guys aren't cutting on the same plane, and this happened again earlier in the game, uh, later in the game against the 49ers. But that's what he's basically talking about. Now, he also shows an example of how this is run in, I believe, Cincinnati. So we'll let the play run and let, let him listen. Or we'll listen, I should say. Okay, and this is where I just jumped to because – now it's the Cincinnati Bengals. First thing we notice, 
they're on the opposite hash. So if they're going to run double slants, they're going to give themselves space and force this guy to cover more ground. That's a huge key on double slants. Or we can get spacing between these two so we get more room if we want. What I want you to watch, what does the inside guy do? Look at the difference in timing of these two slants. Inside guy goes. Now we get a read on this guy before I have to throw it. You look at Joe Burrow. He's not ready. He's not having to throw this ball yet. Ball doesn't have to come out yet. But he's able to get a read off of the inside guy because we go one step on the inside. Jamar Chase does a good job of pushing up to his depth even with the press. He gets deeper. Look at the separation between the two. We get our read off of that linebacker. Even though it's not a great throw by Joe, you see the spacing that we have right there between the two, making this play easier. And those are the details that I'm talking about. Details determine everything. Winning and losing, positive plays, negative plays, details, details, details. Can be a detail-based offense, especially if you're going to be a lot of short, quick pass game offense, if you're not going to harp on them even during the season. Can't do it, won't do it. I mean, look, there's a lot of things we talk about in regards to the design of the offense, but that's just one of them, right? Uh, another thing. He's, he's got to open it up, I think, a bit more on early downs. I, I get in his archaic West Coast offense. He's trying to use a quick pass game as the supplement to the run game. I get that. But but everything can't be quick or people will sit on it. Uh, there was a you need to have some type of intermediate or deep shot concepts. Like it has to marry with the quick game, I think. But there was a fantastic article um, on the ringer regarding McCarthy's penchant for the quick game early on. And I'm going to read a couple excerpts from it. All right, quote. On rundowns, which true media considers any play of first first down or second in medium, uh, Prescott is completing 71% of his passes with an on-target throw rate that ranks fifth best in the NFL. Well, that sounds good, right? But he ranks 20th in both yards and EPA per drop back on those plays, and 35.7% of his rundown completions have lost EPA per play for the Cowboys. The fourth highest mark in the league. So Dak is executing the plays that are being designed. This is from him. But the play designs aren't very good. Now, in obvious passing situations, he's been far more efficient. Why ranks 11th in EPA per drop back overall on pass plays. If you strip out the play action and screen passes, which are more dependent on play design rather than a QB's processing skills, he jumps to fifth according to true media. So Dak is still Dak, but he says he's stuck in a poorly designed offense. It's not what I signed up for here. He says there's more static and symmetrical formations with half field concepts to either side. We talk about that a lot. It's a generic ass offense. According to him, it's an NCAA 14 ass offense. It's like someone searched football play on getting images and turn the results into a playbook. Eesh. Says, I hate watching it, but I'm sure opposing defenders love it because it makes their job easier. All the complexity is stripped out because of the scheme, so it's easier for defenses to sit on some of McCarthy's favorite play calls. For example, Dallas has run double slant concept 15 times this season. Only the Bengals, ironically, as we just watched both of those guys get broken down by Kurt, only the Bengals have run it more. 
And the Cowboys are averaging negative 0.40 EPA on those plays. And it's because the defense knows those routes are coming. Hey, coach. I ain't signed up for this. Coach. No, 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 no. Hey, coach, look, bro. When you told me 70%, 30%, whatever it was, God damn it, I believe you. I thought we was doing situational. I thought we was changing things situationally. Like I said yesterday, I don't mind if the offense is like this when you're up big, when you're, you know, just, hey, we got to end the game or we're just working within the flow. We don't got to do nothing crazy. But that was the game. Like, like the 49ers was the game to show your offense. And we came out the game with our wide receivers running less than two yards per route and two of the guys ran less than one. Mm. So, look, man. Yes, your version of the West Coast, did it bog down the end? Did it get rid of most of the interceptions minus what happened in the second half against the Niners? Sure. But what did it cost you? Did it cost you everything? Told you, I'd rather throw this thing and, and we end the season 32 tutties, 14. I'd rather that than this so mccarthy is going to have to fight mccarthy in this game i do i think so now i'm not saying he's going to have to go crazy and change everything up in this game you can't do that i think week to week you're going to have to maybe in the bye week you, you you alter some things but if we're going to come out here and allow teams to just sit on these short routes and we're not going to alter it you ever see players club Trouble, trouble. It's going to be trouble, man. It's going to be trouble. So he's going to have to do a better job of that on Sunday. Add some more wrinkles to this. Nothing crazy, but just add some wrinkles for this week to, to walk out of here with some momentum offensively into the bye week. But what we don't want to do, man, we don't want to get to a point where we've seen this in previous years. Ah, oh, we know what they're doing. How many times have we heard that Honestly, not just the last regime, the previous regime, honestly, since like 07, 08 or whatever, before when JG was offensive coordinator. I'm personally sick and tired of hearing, oh, man, yeah, we knew what they were going to do. That's what's going to happen unless we shake some things up here and kind of get into 2023. I'm not saying you got to. You, you got to go all, I would love to go all Shanahan and, and old boy over there in Miami, Mike McDaniels, my guy. But that ain't you. So to me, this matchup, I think is actually the most important one. I think it's the most important one. We have to gain some momentum going into the bye week offensively. If it's going to look like we'll look like Sunday, I'm not even mad at, at, at I'm not even mad, I should wear mad, at how it looked previously. Because, like I said, between the 20s, these guys are kind of moving, right? But they had to clean up in the red zone. You couldn't do jack between the 20s against this squad because you decided to go out there with an elementary playbook. Or, as the guy said in the ringer, uh, NCAA 14 playbook. Very symmetrical. And that's the great word to use. I called it sharp the other day. I didn't know how else to describe it. And I don't mean like, oh, hey, this offense is playing sharp. But when you actually look at the plays from an X's and O's standpoint, everything is just 
bing, bing, symmetrical, sharp. Just there's nothing really conceptual about it. There's nothing complex about it. And you don't even got to be that crazy complex. But what you can't do is roll that out there. So and that's how it's going to look, man. Concerned. A little bit concerned. All right, so those are my three key matchups. One more time, Mike McCarthy versus Mike McCarthy. Jordan Lewis versus Keenan Allen. I think that's a really underrated matchup. Uh, and then Michael Davis versus Gallup and Cooks. I think if the Cowboys can take advantage, we just talked about this offense, right? We got Cowboys take advantage of players over plays. You can get some plays made on one Michael Davis. Big deal, me. All right, what's up, Mel? What's on your mind, big dog? Good morning, King, to the morning, King. Man, uh, I'm watching the the game last night, Kansas City and Denver. That's ugly, and Ugh. Very ugly. But it was two things that kind of dawned on me. One, was Sean Payton's offense looked just as archaic as Mike McCarthy's it offense do. do. <laughs> so everybody that was – we need Sean Payton. Well, you got him. He's just bigger. Yeah. But it's, oh, stop. It's, 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 it's the same archaic office, man. They're they, they doing different stuff, but it's still old and archaic. Very stale, no pre-snap motion, no at-snap motion. Line up, run your route, hopefully you get open. And that's kind of the same thing we're seeing from Mike. The second thing was – I don't know why I, – I, I get what Mike is trying to do as far as cutting down the turnovers and, and emphasizing that. Hey, but I think there's an – He's overcorrected it, though. He way overcorrected it. I get him addressing it. I get him wanting to address it, but he way overcorrected. I mean, he took out – yeah, I mean, that's a whole other thing. But why don't you use CD? And you tell me this. Can we use CD like Kansas City uses Kelsey? They motion him almost every play he's in. He's he's in alignment. He's he's all over the place. But it's a it's an emphasis on getting him the ball, but not just lining him up at the tight end. They don't use him how how uh uh what's the how so Baltimore uses Mark Andrews. Basically, use CD Lamb like we was using CD Lamb last year, <laughs> moving him around. It was a, making sure he's a focus point of the offense. Yeah, I agree. Do that ish. Yeah. You, you can't preach players over plays and then say, no, this is the static offense we're going to run. You can't preach that. Um, and, and I don't like what, what Jerry came out and said either. But, you, yeah, move Ooh. around. Ooh. Move around. The, the crazy thing with Jerry, I mean, CD has, I don't know if it was, I think it was you that pointed it out. Outside of the Jets game, I believe, he has four receptions in each game. Yeah, and, and like five or six targets. But that's what Jerry wanted. He said, hey, man, look, wide receivers will kill for five to seven targets a game. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> hey, what are, we, what are we talking about? And there'd be times where it's like, I, I don't know what the hell was going on, man, but there'd be times where it's like, hey, what, big big money down, third down. Now, we were doing great in third down before that game. So I'm, I'm not going to go, again, we're talking about that game. I'm not going to lie to you. The reason why I'm harping on that game is because that was the game where there was really no excuses. You got your line back, your players are here, ain't no weather increments, ain't ain't none of that. And it's against a good opponent. So like you should have rolled out everything, and that's what we rolled out. That's why I'm a little – I got questions. I came out this game with a whole bunch of questions. 
And um, yeah, I think man. it's totally fair though, Sky, because if you look, if if you just look at all of the other previous games, the wins. I'm I, I'm not even gonna bring up Arizona. But man, just no, no, the no, wins, we, we can bring say, up Arizona. They moved a bat 400 okay, some yards cool. offense against Arizona. Their, their problem was scoring in the red zone. Like we didn't have a problem mm-hmm. in any game moving a rock between the 20s until Sunday. And the reason why Sunday holds a lot of weight to me is because of the opponent, right? Like you're going to run into either that opponent or maybe opponents that are, you know, good enough defensively. Maybe not this week, but but in a couple weeks maybe. And are we going to look like that? Like, yeah, I got questions. Yeah, I think it's totally fair because that was the game where you're going to see if what you're doing works. That that is when you are going to see if what you are doing works because you're not you're not the defense isn't getting you turnovers your offense has to go out there and win a game I think that coming into the season um, that was definitely one of my big concerns was can the new offense go out there and win you a game um, we didn't even know what the new offense so, was going to look like we've seen the offense do that before like we've seen the offense put up yep. numbers put up big points go out there and do all that and we were like hey man. I like the fact that we're like, hey, the defense is going to be this and that. But the defense isn't this or that. That's, I mean, I can't say the defense is one of them ones. I can't, right? So now if you're going to lean into, hey, we're running through, we're going to play our game through the defense, I love what, what Pat said. Don't coach your offense through the defense. Coach your offense for your offense. Use your yeah. guys, your playmakers on offense. This whole, hey, we're a defense team, we're going to coach through the defense. Look, I get that situationally. I get that uh, when, when things are, you know, it's a blowout or something like that. But you can't be, I hate to use the word soft, but you can't you can't be scared or whatever to allow your offense to, to, to open up because of turnovers last year, which, again, super overreaction in my opinion. You got a quarterback who is not a turnover machine, has never been a turnover machine, one year where in reality – I thought he was playing some good ball uh, in, in general, and some and a handful of those turnovers are just bad luck turnovers, man. You can't allow that to just completely spook you into what we saw Sunday. You cannot do it, man. Let these players, let these wide receivers get downfield, let these wide receivers run some complex routes, and let your quarterback find them. You, you act like you're sitting here with a, 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 a expansion team. This ain't the this ain't the 2002 <laughs> Texans. You know what I'm saying. Man, and and your your overcorrection didn't work anyway. Didn't work. Because the interception still happened. Well, not, by that not, time, not that, that was... they happened in, in, in yeah, a key time. Yeah, they didn't happen in a key time. They didn't happen in a key time. But, but my point is, interceptions are going to happen regardless, happen, bro. That, like, that doesn't matter. Like, if you're, if you're coaching to try to say, hey, I just don't want to throw any interceptions. Like, the, le- the most elite, you're, gonna, you're not, that's going to be... What we saw on, on Sunday night, man, is going to be an opponent. inept offense against an opponent like that. Yes. <laughs> yeah, you just you know you you gotta you gotta. I don't. Here's my question though, Sky. This this is my big concern. We're sitting here saying open up the playbook. Is it as open as it is though? No way. Is There's there, just no way there, it's open. Is there? Oh, I hope not because it, I mean I, I quite I literally saw some, some, so many concepts at camp that we haven't even rolled out yet. Which I don't get. Like, why I don't fucking don't get it? Why? Why would you save that? Or why would you not run that against the Niners? So many different concepts that we didn't, we have not ran in regards to getting deep and having these combination routes on the back end that got Brandon Cooks downfield. I I just don't understand why at that point in time you didn't roll that out against a defense that was kind of asking you to do it. 
playing a lot of single high and manning up. It was, it was, it was odd to say the least. Man, but all right, last one. Then, then I'm gonna jump off, bro. Let you go on your on your key concepts, man. How confident do key you matchup? feel? Yeah, on your key matchups. What I, I was like, on your key matchups. How confident do you feel in? Because do you believe it's gonna be Jay Lou versus Keenan Allen? Is yeah. is that the way you think we're leaning? I mean, I, they don't have another choice unless they do what I said was like or suggested was move Deron Bland inside uh, from time to time. But, yeah, you're going to get J. Lou on Keenan Allen probably a lot unless they throw a, a supreme curveball and don't play J. Lou, which would be, I think, odd because Jordan Lewis is playing some good ball. So, yeah, you're going to get Jordan – J. Lou's playing decent, yeah. Uh, he's playing J. some J. good Lou's ball. Uh, Keenan Allen yeah. plays Keenan, in the slot Allen is another, 65% is of the time. Yeah. Yeah, so what's, Allen is another so what's the though, question? Man, but, Which ugh. one was the question? You kind of asked two different questions. Oh, how how confident? How conf, What's your confidence level on percentage? That, oh, high. That Jay Lou can. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I like okay. I like the matchup. I think Jordan Lewis can can. I know it sounds weird to say physically because he's a bigger dude than him, but I mean he's going to be able to keep up with Keenan Allen from a physical standpoint because Allen ain't going to beat you like that. Allen's going to beat you by how they utilize him getting him open. Um, and I think if they don't do anything, which I saw a bunch of times in the Raiders game, there's times they're not moving Allen on 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 motion or whatnot. There's times they are, a lot of times. But when they're not doing that, they're just saying, hey, go out there and run your route, I think J. Lou will be fine. Where he's going to have to use his savviness is when they're going to try to do the bunch formation and, and get some picks set. Uh, they're going to ro- ro- uh, run some combinations, intermediate, that might get him open. Um, that's where the Cowboys are going to have to be on an A game. J. Lou's going to be on his A game. But... Mano a mano, the way J. Lou's playing, I seen him do, have some good snaps against Brandon Ayuk, and I think Brandon Ayuk is a better receiver right now. So, yeah. I, I'm not, I'm not overly concerned about it. What I'm concerned about is, are they going to get him off of J. Lou, right, and then and use him in the backfield? He's is he going to get is going to get a position where maybe we're in zone, they motion him on the other side. Oh no, now we got Clark on him. Now we got a dropping D. Law on him. I saw one team, I think it was against the the Titans. They dropped the damn defense alignment on Keenan Allen. And it's like, what are you doing? You should be fired for that. So if we get caught in something like that, that concerns me more than the actual matchup of J. Lou and, and Keenan Allen. All right, man. All right. Well, I'm looking forward to Monday, man. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm officially over the Niners game. I have moved on. My, my depression level has started <laughs> to uh, de- deplete a little bit, man. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm back. Uh, not super enthusiastic, but I am back, bro. So uh, oh, we let's, gotta get let's a go win. and get it, man. Let, let's finish off this season. Yeah, we, we got to get a win. Appreciate you, man. Enthusiastic comes when you get a dub. It comes when you get the dub. Now, obviously, we emotionally – this is why I do what I do, right? We react emotionally on the day after the game because we don't know we don't got the film. Once we see the film, you kind of get a better understanding, and that should help with some of the emotions, but it is what it is. And then you kind of figure out, well, what the hell do we got to do to move forward? And you just continue on. But that one, I think, rocked a lot of Cowboys Nation. And it's, they pretty much checked out. So, What's good with you, Deshaun? Hey, what up, Scott? So, I agree with the Mike McCarthy thing. Um, I just feel like, no, me. I'm kind of pissed off because when Mike first got killed out here, what did Mike say? Mike was raving about, okay, I like that I want to like, have a play sheet for like C.D. Lamb to get C.D. Lamb the ball. All right, he did that the first like few times in the next couple games. Why, where the hell was that at? 
because um, no. when I seen tape, CD was wide open a lot of times. That's why he kept being frustrated because in what game? He'll be there, then, huh? In what game? In that game, okay. That, in that, what game? That deep pass to Brandon Cook. That deep pass to Brandon. In what Cook, game, sir? Oh, we talking about the Niners? Oh, four Niners game. Yeah, that's yes, a sir. lie. That's a lie. Let me tell you something right now. There's a difference in in being wide open within the scheme of the play and then being wide open when the play breaks down. That's totally different. Sure. Totally, totally different. Was he open on the on the play where he threw it to uh, Brandon Cooks deep? Yeah, yeah, because the play broke down and he scrambled and he came back across. Where where are these receivers getting schemed open within the play in that game? It wasn't any. I agree. That's what worries me. I don't, I don't give a damn about you getting open when the play breaks down. That's going to happen. But can I get my guy the ball when within the scheme of the offense? Or can I say, I don't care about this play call. Where's 88 at? If I'm Dak Prescott, where's 88 at? Let's figure this thing I, out. I do something. That. You know, I don't know what they do. Right, th- Do all these audibles and just say, hey, CD, me and you going to lock in right here. Where that I shit at? I, I, I'm very, yeah, I'm I'm very mad at Dak. He could have, he should have just said F it and said, CD, I, I'm about to scheme you up myself. Yeah. Because I've heard, I've heard Jack's part of this offense too. So you can't just when Mike calls things like this and you feel uncomfortable, you need to change it. Romo did that a lot, a lot when Romo was here. And I'm not trying to bring up old past stuff. I but that's the one I thing I hate it. about this fan. This is why we need a goddamn win. We are talking. Why we keep bringing up Romo? This month ain't playing like eight not- years. <laughs> fucking Romo. The game was different ten years. Ago. It ain't just you. I see it on Twitter. People be like Tony Romo and Troy Aikman and. Jimmy John, bro, what the? F- what are we talking about here? Let's talk about what that got to do. I'm, not what Romo did 10 years I, ago. I agree. Tony Romo. Y'all kill me has, with that crap. Dak has to take command of the offense when he, feel, when he feels like it's unsafe. No, he need to go away from the damn offense. Not command. He got command. <laughs> this shit ain't hard to command. He got to say, man, four slants. What was it, third and three? These motherfuckers were in four three-yard slants. Ain't, ain't. I'm getting to the line of scrimmage. I'm looking for 88. Me and you, let's lock in. The f- in the system. That's, yeah, that's, that's, but Scott, that's always been the issue. Every time. I ain't dissing like, Tony, yeah, Rolo. Yeah. Tony, look, or, or Rolo, I used to almost get fisticuffs for Tony as much as I defended my guy. But that's 10 years ago. <laughs> 10 years uh, like ago. I said, I understand. I ain't talking but about you. I'm talking about Rolo. Oh. But see, and my thing is this, Scott. They have to give their, their confidence back up because I'm gonna be honest with you. If we lose this game, we're oh, going down a big goodness. ass fire. We lose this game, Scott. It's not gonna be fun next week. No, it's not. And fun. I'm gonna be honest with you. Taylor Moore is about to throw every mother effing thing at you, Scott. He's had this game circled since the day we let this man go, or since they parted ways. He's had this game circled because he know well. That if I can, he's trying to he's trying to embarrass Mike McCarthy. He's trying to embarrass this man. And Mike McCarthy's playing this generic nineteen ninety something West Coast well, the, offense, and this man is trying. The player trying or the, to, the coach to he's going to have to def, to embarrass is DQ. It's not Mike. It's DQ. That's who we going up against. All right, he's he, he going to have to try and embarrass him, and this will be interesting. It'll be an interesting matchup because we we've heard often. That during you know practices and whatnot, Dan Quinn, you know I think Dan even hinted to this like yeah I know some things and he knows some things too so it'll be a fun matchup so 
that that one again. Yeah, I got yeah, Mike, Mike McCarthy versus Mike McCarthy, but Kellen versus Dan Quinn could also be a key matchup too. And last question. So, I'm like my thing is: Do you feel like if we like pressure, not pressure, but like send blitzes at um, um, Justin Herbert, Herbert, do you feel like that affects him? Because some of the games I was watching, he'll hold on the ball too long, like you said, and when they'll send pressure, he'll often have to escape or try to extend the play. And and I think that play you was uh, talking about where you say you have to finish the play when he tried to like sack him and he hit the ball, but yeah, he ran f- around and he still threw. Yeah, number five, mm-hmm. just let him go. If if number five just runs through him, which again the the rules, I get it, but look, I rather you, t- I rather it be a fifteen yard penalty because you just ran through the quarterback, forced a fumble, than you run up on a quarterback, two hand touch, let go, and now guess what? He's scrambling for a first down. Run through that dude. It's a big dude. You ain't going to play two hand touch with Justin Herbert and get him down. Like it's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you say blitz. I mean, they blitzed at a, yeah. or at least going into that game, they blitzed at a decent rate. They were they were kind of middle of the pack, I think it was. So I'm not saying go overboard with it. Just kind of, I think no, they no, could no. just play their game in in this one, man, and just just be more more sound and disciplined. Uh, I don't I don't think Kellen is going to out coach Dan like uh, Shanahan did. Like just watching their offenses, mm-hmm. they're two different offenses, man. You never know what the hell these guys are in in San Francisco. You pretty much know what you're going to get from. From McKellen Moore's offense, the, the thing is, do you have the guys to deal with the concepts and whatnot? And do you have the guys to be able to get after Herbert? I think you do. But you 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 better be able to get after him and you better be able to be in position on the back end because if, if just like any quarterback, but a good quarterback like Herbert, if you give him time and he can just sit back there, you can't cover forever and he'll pick you apart. All right. Thanks, guys. Yep. Uh, now we're getting into the we all I'm seeing here is Romo, Romo, Romo. I used to go hard, you know what I'm saying? But and I'm I don't mean to I'm not coming at you, Twan. It's just That's why we need a Brother L might be a drop. We need a win. I get sick and tired. Look, I, I get it, man. We are a, a proud franchise that loves to bring up the old school in the past but that shit ain't got nothing to do with Sunday <laughs> okay you know what I'm saying it just I just come on man I see it all the time on the internets well, Tony Romo Tony Romo what I, I love Tony right, almost a decade ago I, if I swear to God if somebody came from Mars got dropped down on earth and just started following cowboy stuff and seeing all the Tony you would think my man's won us two three Super Bowls Let's relax, okay? We ain't get it done with my guy either. The problem is much bigger than that, but we in the season. You know what we we got to talk about matchups and week to week and everything. We know what the bigger problem is on this organization, but ain't nothing we can do about that. But what we're not going to do is keep going backwards 15, 20, 30, 40 years ago. Every single day. I digress. I digress. And this is no offense to you, B-Bird, because you're a very historical person when it comes to the Cowboys. But I swear, if we talking about something that happened in 95, B-Bird, I ain't here for it. <laughs> I ain't here for it, bro. 
Well, well, Scott, the only only thing that that when it when it pertains to something that that's happening now, I think that's when you go back and see, you know, how was things handled then and how they're handled now. If it doesn't have any relevance to it, then we're just bringing it up. Yeah. But I got a question for you, and I and and, and pardon me, man, because uh, Scott been on his roll. I've worked uh, been working twenty out of twenty nine days, twenty eight out of twenty nine days. So uh, I catch you when I can. So I know I think I missed some things. But did you have uh-huh. a uh, an opinion on on Micah's comments on the Kittle shirt? And, and back and forth with Debo, and did you have any kind of opinion on 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 that? That's not really my style, so I, I I I don't. I didn't. I more so was actually. See, I think what got missed, and I I did say something about this. I don't know if you were here when um Okoye was here. I said I know there's a quote that everybody's running with and headlining with Michael on his podcast, and it was the George Kittle quote. I can honestly don't care about that, right? But what I did care about is what he said about Dan Quinn. In a way, he didn't say Quinn, but he said Quinn. And how they got out-coached, out-schemed, and he didn't say this publicly, but there were some things that they did that he wished they kind of did differently. Um, that resonated more to me than, oh, it's personal now because of a shirt. Micah Young, Micah don't understand this thing's personal for 30 years because he's he's a kid. He's, he's not, he, don't, he probably don't understand the history, and I just talked about you know learning the history of your, your game, but he's got you know a game he's got to work on. So I did not have a big opinion on it. Um, I it, it just didn't. I don't really care about that. I care about well, why'd you get out schemed? Why why did they know your counterattacks? Yeah. Let me let me listen in more on that. So no, I didn't have a big opinion on it. Do I would I would I've liked to hear him say that? No, I don't really want to hear him get on there and talk about his personal. Now should have been personal after the two the two games. But I was more focused on what he said about how they got out coached. Yeah. So and I and I do appreciate that. Because basically, but I think it is, I think part of it uh, is that. What I mean by that is uh, this game is still played with emotions. I don't care how many X and O's and, and things. It's still, this is football. This is still an emotional game. Sure. And for Kittle to say that, man, I really got that shirt back. I talked to Plummer, you know, the uh, linebacker from, uh, you know, in the 80s and 90s. And he said, got a little bit of history on his rivalry or whatever. And, you know, it kind of, you know, fired me up or whatever. And so, you know, Killer wasn't around then either, but he tapped back into those things. Debo was just that guy, right? And so I think a lot of times, man, with AAU and, um, uh, you know, uh, Select and all these other kind of things, these, these players play together so much to where they, they do get friendships. That wasn't like – it wasn't back in the days like that. I remember somebody asking uh, Magic Johnson um, – excuse me, Larry Bird said, well, why aren't you and Magic friends? He said, no, he said – I stayed away, purposely stayed away from Magic Johnson, and you say why? I said because Magic Johnson has that personality, man. I knew I'd like him, and that take an edge off of me when we played against each other. And he said, man, I could not. He said only in my later years that I became friends with him because I knew what kind of person he was. But I had to want to kill him when I went to that game, man. And I say, in knowing him, I wouldn't have wanted to do that. I think it is an edge there, and for to me, I didn't like it because Michael was like, that's my guy, Kittle, that's my guy, Debo, and these dudes ain't your guys, man. Y'all all trying to fight for the same thing. And for the team that has won two in a row to come in with that edge and the team that lost two in a row going to that game to not come in with that edge, to me, I just didn't like or that. Pretend, because I think that we got because to- that's what we thought they were coming in with an edge. Remember all that talk. This ain't just another game. This is this and that. Da, 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 da. All the talk in, in, the, in, the, in the leading up to the game about it, they acted like they had it, but they didn't play with it. Um, and that goes back to what you talk about a lot, culture. Like, this is a different game or a different era, uh, B-Bird. All these dudes are friends. All these dudes, 
You know, they, they, once the cameras is off and once it's all over, these dudes, like you said, play AAU. They on social media. They DM. They play games. It, it is what it is. But on the field is where that needs to be turned up, right, or turned off. On the field, they didn't play with that same edge. And the culture of the 49ers is what, B-Bird? Physicality. Edge. Physicality. All yeah. of that, right? Yeah. Would you say that's the culture of the Cowboys? No, the, co- okay. co- the culture of the Cowboys is corporate. That's why I call them the corporate Cowboys. Right. And, you know, they go out there like a corporation without any kind of feeling and emotions. And, you know, hey, the games, that, the teams that they're better than, they're going to win. The team that they're not better than, they're going to lose. Why? Because we're a corporation. We just continue to do the same thing. Right. And that's why when you got like those guys like Debo and then you got those guys like Kittle that got that edge, Williams that got that edge, man, that brings a lot to your team. And your leadership has to be the one that sets that tone, man. Your, your best players have to be the one to set that tone. And I just didn't like those comments about Micah. It's like it's just like, oh, well, yeah, you know, we all friends. But come on, man. These dudes, it's one Super Bowl winner, man. And, and see, that's they, why I what, wish what these a, dudes didn't do, you know, do the podcast all the time or be so forward because th- those comments will get taken and, and as you are right now, put on a pedestal when in reality they mean absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing at all. You got your butt kicked out there, not because you are friends with those guys, in my opinion. I just think because of the way you lost, we got to find every little tiny thing to, to get on them about. But I'm going to just be completely honest, B-Bird. That him commenting on his shirt meant nothing on the field on Sunday. Nothing. This is 2023, not 1985, where Michael Jordan or whoever you said, Larry Bird and whatnot. All these dudes are cool. What? So so how are the Chiefs 4-1? How are other teams winning? How, they're all cool, man. It's about what happens in, in, in between those. Why do you think a guy like Christian McCaffrey and all these dudes and whoever is swapping jerseys and all this crap, everybody giving them crap for it? Because after it's over, they cool. But I need you to turn that ish off on the field. That's where I need it to be. I can care less about you saying what you said about a podcast, me personally, be Bert. Because at the end of the day, when you go look at these other teams that are winning, they cool with each other. They cool with each other. Why is it different for us? Win on the field, man. Play with the edge on the field. I can care about the edge off the field. So one of the things, I, and I'll I tell you this, is that, uh, you know, LeBron James is infamous for, you know, training with the better players in the offseason, this, that, another one-on-one, and this, that, another. But these players didn't re- don't realize that really what he's doing is being friends with you, taking the edge off you. And so that's why the uh, – and I, uh, I can't think of the uh, guy in Milwaukee, uh, Bucks, uh, Kupo or whatever. Yeah, Giannis. Yeah, yeah. He said, Giannis said, said, I don't work out with nobody else. Why would I work out with somebody I'm trying to win beat? Why would I want to work out with them and give them my secrets to who I am? And I don't want the secrets to who they are. And now I've become friends with those guys. So people look down on him, but I love that, man, because I think that when you have one goal and everybody's fighting for the same goal, why, why are we working out together when we compete against each other? And so I like that mindset, and we don't really find that too, too much nowadays because people are working together so much that, you know. Right, and somehow, some way, other teams of- manage to win. That, that's that's my whole point of this. Like, this is where we're at in society for these athletes and other teams manage to win. Yeah. Well, that's all I got this, guy. I appreciate you, brother. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, I can care less about them comments, man. I don't, I don't like the fact that all these athletes have these, have these, you know, podcasts and they kind of say some things, but I can care less about that comment. I care more about why we lost. And he talked about 
defensively at the very least, why we got our butts kicked. That's just me. All right, man. Let's get to Twan. What's good, Twan? Guy! You know how long I've been waiting for you, man. <laughs> I've, I've been, I, 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 I thought I was going to have a lot to say, but I'm going to break it down in the, in the three things. First off, salute to you and your niceness and how you hold your composure. Because I feel like we're the same type of fan. But Wednesday, I think his name was Jamal when he called up with that Trent Dilfer and Flacco shit. You were supposed to hang up on him. I'm not even going to lie. I, and look, I know a lot of y'all be wanting me to hang up on these people. But I try. You called it nice. I don't think I was nice. I could have been nicer. I'm, my bad. But I tried it to. I try my hardest to let them get their you know, say what they have to say. I just, it was, that was rough. That was, that one was tough. Yeah, that was tough. That was, that was, that was really rough. And on top of that, I tuned into the, to the VOD show and called in and I didn't get on the phone. Homie before me was talking about Sejora Sanders and Caleb Williams. It's like, oh, are y'all real uh, fans? Yeah, Do y'all nah. pay attention? That's not going to happen. <laughs> For that to happen, like, do, do y'all understand how football works and contracts and stuff? Oh, like, man. are y'all serious? I let Vach have that one. I, I've had my fair share of angry sky, but that one, that one would have took the cake. That one would have took the cake. My man was wilding. He said anything but. But these are the only two dudes I want: Caleb Williams and Shador Sanders. And I trade everybody but Diggs and Micah to get them. Man. That was crazy, but that's that's that. Two. What's on your mind? Yeah. We, Sky, we we have to win Monday. Mm-hmm. It's no, it's no ifs ands or buts about it. If Mike McCarthy was thinking about holding back play calling, now bring it all now. Because now you have fans looking at Dak as in, like he's trash, trash, ass, ass. The fans are looking at. Like this, and he's not. Well, he's that, not. that was already the case prior to Sunday. I mean, lots of people were out on him, and they were kind of waiting for the other shoe to drop to to then doubt it. And he didn't help his case for those who were kind of in the middle. So that that's hey, gotta play better. What are you gonna do? Got to. And if we lose, Sky, and I know you don't want to say it too early, I'm I'm just gonna go out and say it. It's gonna be looking real weird. It's going to be looking really, really weird, Sky. Oh, you done? <laughs> like, what's going to be looking weird, man? What's looking weird? You gotta kind it, of... Every everything. If that if that doesn't play, if that doesn't play good, the offense doesn't look clicking. We should be clicking by now, Sky. Mm-hmm. I, but what, what do you mean? I, like, I, yeah, I, be I'm a little not, bit more specific. Not, it's going to be looking weird. I'm, what's going I'm to be not looking? Saying, weird? Everything, because we're, we're we're gonna go into the buy. What does that mean? Gonna, gonna it's already weird up. right now, bro. Exactly. Like, but but what, what's what's gonna be weird? Oh, so you oh, okay? See, I didn't I, I, I didn't know you thought it was weird yet. Yeah, where you been at this week? <laughs> where you been at? I, I've I've got questions, man. You got questions, but I, I never heard you say your statement is looking weird. I have. I, I definitely you, have I said this, say is, this is this is weird. Hell yeah. I mean, I thought that come without saying. Like, did you see the offense on Sunday? I didn't think it looked weird before then. But Sunday, uh, yeah, that, okay, that yeah, was, okay, okay. That so was strange. Yeah. 
So yeah, see, I'm, I'm, I, I was more so giving it like, damn, that's a bad mess up. No. But all no. right, but I'm, I, we got, we gotta bounce back Monday night. We have to. Give a damn if they was playing at eight in the morning, ten at night, prime time. They gotta get the dub. Gotta, gotta get the dub. No, that's 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 all I got, Sky. That's all yeah. I got. Appreciate you, brother. No problem at all, man. Yeah, y'all know how I feel about that weird word. We it's there. We it's weird right now. You don't want it to be weird in week fifteen. You're going to go through your lumps. Like the crazy thing about what's happening this year. And, be, and again, once again, we're very centric to our squad, which makes sense. We ain't the only ones looking weird out here in these streets. Right. But, but we are who we are. We're the Cowboys. We're not really, when I say fans, Cowboy fans are really focused anywhere else. I keep my eyeballs around the league. And I was kind of shocked actually, when I looked up and said, Oh, I, I mean, there's a whole bunch of three and two teams, but the way the Cowboys have looked against the only really, I think, good team they've played this year makes me question some things. Makes me question some things. I ain't ready. I look, I ain't throwing in a towel like a lot of y'all, but I am um I need some answers and I need I need better play off of that game. Come on, try and pull up these damn super chat. After that game. Oh goodness gracious. Next week. I I, I don't. Look, win, lose, or draw. I'm here for it all. But Lord, geez. Dealing with y'all, if they lose two in a row, oh my gosh. It ain't going to be my show no more. I'm going to tell you that. We just call it Cowboy Therapy. Go. Y'all talk. Y'all ain't going to give a damn what I got to say. <laughs> Where we at? The 12th, the 13th? One, two, three. Coach Marv dropped five. I ain't seen Coach Marv in forever. Super chat. You know, he was still around here. How do you feel about, appreciate the five. He said, how do you feel about our receivers, Coach? I don't know the man, um, but, yeah. I feel the details in his job with routes have, have you noticed in your film study are the routes clean? I mean, after that game, a lot of people are questioning that, right? Uh, but I can't sit here and fake the funk. I, I don't know what he's teaching, how he's teaching it. There's just there's just no way for me to give you a fair criticism or analyst on the actual coach, because what I see is more concerning with the the scheme and getting these guys open. Now McCarthy, he said it's about the details of getting off and all this and all that about the press. But let me ask you this question. Not you just in general, Michael Gallup, that dude ain't getting that dude don't get separation. Like he just naturally don't. So you can just get him out of here. Uh, C.D. Lamb, I've seen C.D. Lamb get crazy separation, work dudes under this coach. So uh, I really don't know if it's the coach's issue that he's not getting separation. Now, I've seen C.D. Lamb check out, too. That's a whole, whole nother conversation. I think mentally C.D. Lamb is 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 not happy with the situation, and you, you see it on the field. I don't like that. Uh, and then Brandon Cooks. Look, Brandon Cooks is nice. I, I'm, I'm not chalking this up to Brandon Cooks can't get open. I'm just not doing it. I, I just think the way that we're utilizing these guys is incorrect. It's incorrect. So so appreciate the super chat, but I, I don't have a an opinion on the coach. I don't know what he's teaching down there. He doesn't do enough interviews for us to know specifics that he's teaching down there. So I don't I don't really have one there. 
Now, Solari and things like that, Schottenheimer, they're telling you how they're teaching these guys and what to do. Junior dropped 10. Super chat. Or Junior Don't Miss dropped 10. Said, Scott, I was wondering how you're able to watch film cut up from a Google Drive. <laughs> I tried to on Game Pass, but it's really long and not cut up. I want a better understanding of the league. Um, Well, I don't use Game Pass. I don't use Game Pass, brother. Uh, Game Pass sucks now. Game Pass used to be so elite. It was awesome. Back like 2019, 20, I think they switched it up around 2021, where you can go in and you can filter. Like I can see third down pass plays, just sacks, just tackles, um, 20 yard attempts. Like I could, man, it was, I type in a name, go all the way back to like 09. Your game Pass was legit. I think they're making it more difficult for the user because they don't really want us to have it. If I had to guess, they really don't want us to have it. So I don't use Game Pass. Um, I, I get my I get my film another way. Yeah. Couple more dropped in here. Super chat. Uh, key, uh, let me see. Tobert says Tobert needs more tick. Gallup is not the same. Yet yeah, I think Gallup is Gallup. Um, looked like he was doing some good things prior to this game, but I I'm with you a little bit here, Chris, in that. Some of those routes, like when, when teams are dealing with are in your grill like that, I do want to see Tolbert a little bit because I feel like Tolbert can get behind you a little bit deep. And I feel like, you know, he's a bit quicker with his feet. Um, and I'll say the same thing I said before Michael Gallup got on a roll here. Where I thought he was back. There are ways to utilize his skill set. Right. And I thought you saw that in the last game. I thought you saw that in the previous game. You can, you can utilize his skill set. Uh, differently and there's a place for him but yeah I, I still would like to see nothing's changed for me Tober when he gets the ball in his hands he's been pretty good <laughs> wouldn't that be crazy if I got it from Bill B but no a different coach I can't do that brother L Ooh, no sirree Bob I'll be out the I've been in that little Illuminati group for like three years now they kicked me right the hell on now uh Keith Murray he dropped five Super Murphy, chat. my bad. Keith Murphy. Uh, he said, There's a, there is starting to be some truth to A-Rod saying Mike is a low IQ coach. Hey, Keith, I mean, that that ish we rolled out on Sunday. Yeah, I I, I got questions. <laughs> I have questions, man. I ain't going to jump to conclusions, but I do have questions. Brandon C., Super chat. Drop 10. He said, Four caught a lot of the play action in Greer in that preseason. Why don't Mike do the same and, and do what Four like and is good at? So I think there's this misconception coming out of this game. And this is, again, why we should probably have some of these conversations. What the Cowboys did Sunday was not what they were doing in the previous four weeks. The Cowboys are one of the highest play action rated teams. They play under center more than anybody except the Vikings. I don't know why, Brandon. We didn't do a lot of those things against against the uh, Niners. I, I cannot, I can't give you that answer. I don't know why, um, but they did all those things, right? They, like do the things that four likes, get under center and do play action. They did that. In fact, if you go back and look at the Ringer, that article he talked about, even if you take out play action and screens, um, when Dak is in true pass, true pass play situations, he's fifth in EPA per drop back. So it ain't like he can't drop back and get the rock to his guys, but what you can't do is is have these quick game concepts 
when you're down 18, <laughs> when you're down 23 against a smart defense like that one. So I, I cannot tell you. I cannot tell you why they did that on Sunday. I don't know. And, and I hope I hope and pray that that's not the offense we roll out every week because I don't give a damn who your Q is. You're making it tougher on those guys. And now it goes back to the same thing I was saying years before. All right. I don't like how things are, are drawn up here. Can four overcome that? And I'm just completely honest. I'm a Dak fan. I think he's a good quarterback, but I don't think he's that type of quarterback to be able to overcome it. I don't. Um, if you want to be one of those that want to take the chance on another rookie to be able to overcome it or make a trade, that's understandable. But I don't think giving away that setup, that's going to work out with this guy. Mm-mm. You better get the corpse of Aaron Rodgers from 0- 08, 09, 2010, or what have you, 11, 12, whatever he's winning every piece. Peyton Manning up in here, somebody like that. You better hope you get lucky in the, in the, in the, in the draft with a guy that can end up being like that. But he ain't going to be able to overcome that. So you, you better scheme this thing up a little bit better, or you're going to lose your receivers too. right? You're going to lose Lamb. You're going to lose Cooks. Gallup, don't give it. You're going to lose Lamb. You're going to lose Cooks. And, and now we're going to be in this weird situation moving forward. And I and I hit up B about this because he has said uh, in the offseason, he's like, you know, my, my bold prediction is by the, by the bye week, we could be having a conversation about Brian Schottenheimer calling plays. And a lot of people were just like, yeah, 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 whatever. What I saw Sunday was not what I saw when looking at Shotty as an OC. Mm-mm. So, if if things don't switch up here, do we have to start having a conversation of Shoddy calling the plays? Which is something that you do not want to have that type of conversation in the middle of the season. He's done it before. He's relinquished play calling duties before. Zotan drop one. Super chat. I think that's how you say it. Do I, in my opinion, do I, in your opinion, is the team's biggest problem maturity or discipline? In my opinion, both, but love to hear your thoughts, man. I don't think those are the biggest problems. The biggest problems lie elsewhere, but we're in the season. Do I think the maturity or discipline? I'll say neither. I don't think either of those are, are the biggest problems. Um, Discipline. Do you mean like within the the play frame? Do you mean, hey, you can't you can't jump off sides, penalties, and things like that? I thought we was cleaning that up. Uh, then then week three happened. I thought we was cleaning that up. Then yesterday or Sunday happened where you lining up off sides and things like that. I wouldn't I wouldn't say those things are the biggest, but I, I guess you can you can add. I, I say I would put discipline. I wouldn't consider maturity. But I would I think if you're looking at maturity, I would look at C D and a lot of people are gonna look at Micah um as a mature. But I think for the most part, this is a mature group. It's a mature <laughs> by week eight, Rush would be the OZ. Mel said no QB will have success in this system. Well, Mel, that will not please the people who hate this quarterback. Mel. So I'm trying to be objective right but you can't please everybody if you want to go back to an example of, of, of that though hate to do this but Aaron Rodgers 
who when things got stale in Green Bay, was pissed the hell off. Go look at his numbers during that time. Aaron Rodgers was like, oh, what the hell going on with A-Rod? Is he done? Is he washed? Nah, apparently just, just McCarthy. Because then during the season, when he left, my man's is winning MVPs. And Aaron Rodgers is a GOAT. Right? But people don't want to hear that. And I get I shouldn't be pandering to those people, which is why I try to bring on. That's why I say Monday, emotions. Hey, man, every day, it sucks, man. It's terrible. Tuesday, uh, now we've seen the film. Something ain't right. But people don't really care about that context. I told you that. And I hate that I kind of disregard my context matters. I shouldn't do that. Um, it's basically just burn it all down and just hope that everything changes. But the offseason conversation when we get here is we've been through multiple situations at these two positions that we are trying to burn down and start over, but nothing is changing. God damn it, we need to change it. Sally, you drop one too? Hold up. You must have just dropped one. Hold up. I got you. Oh, a couple of y'all dropped one I missed. My bad. Uh, Sully dropped one and DB dropped one. Super chat. D- DB just dropped 10 and said, man, great show. Keep up the great work. Appreciate you, DB. Sully dropped five and said, I hope Mike not getting weird on the road because of crowd noise. I feel like Kellen used to do that, but used to do that and buckle in loud situations. You know what? And keep an eye on that, Sully. Because if you go look at how we ran things in at home, I ain't seen none of that on the road. Not even, and again, the excuse in Arizona was, ah, we lost our linemen, cool. Right? Like, I, I gave you the benefit of the doubt. I think I had I said that in the group text. I was like, look, I give Mike the benefit of the doubt the first four weeks. You had the monsoon. Oh, then you didn't have cooks, but you had a fantastic plan, I think, against the Jets. I thought it was, I was looking for that plan. What an amazing game plan. It is what it is. Week three, I get it. Hey, dog, you ain't had your lineman. Still move the ball, but I get it. Week four, blew him the hell out. Game was over at halftime. No need to roll anything out. This was a game where you had no excuses not to kind of show us the playbook. And you you actually regressed from it. You didn't do any of the shit you did, you know, in the first four weeks, in my opinion, in regards to movements and whatnot. So I'm going to keep my eye on that, Sully. Keep my eye on that. Brandon Seed. All right, did that one. Oh no, I got to the rest. I got to the rest. One more, one more, and then I uh, think we good. Yep. All right, y'all. Look. <laughs> Boy, I hope they get this game. Uh, they got to get this game. Now, we will not be playing Sunday, so we actually have another show, I believe, on Monday, unless Zach wanna, you know, say, hey, Sky, I know you gotta do full shows in a matter of 18 hours, but we'll see. I might be here Monday. Probably will be here Monday morning. So we'll talk about this Monday morning. Maybe Monday we'll we'll mix it up a bit. I think weekday games are weird because you we have to talk about whatever in the morning, and then we obviously do the pre the pregame halftime postgame show later, and then the next morning we're on again. So we'll see. Maybe Monday we'll loosen this thing up a bit. Or maybe we'll talk about what we saw over the weekend. So Cowboys off Sunday. Please enjoy y'all Sunday. It, it'll be the first of two consecutive Sundays where we can just kick back, put our hands up, and just chill. Because after that, the Cowboys going to bye week. All right? 
I'll be on Twitter probably talking about what we're seeing on Sunday. If not, I'll probably be chilling. I don't like to go too crazy on there, man. Shouts out to those who do, but I ain't one of them. <laughs> Come to the show. You want to rap? We got the show. Uh, on the way out, do me a favor. Uh, if you enjoyed this show, if you enjoy this program, really, period, because that's what it is. Go ahead, hit the like button. If you missed it, run it back. We went into detail on the three key matchups to this game. We even broke out the film. Um, we listened to Kurt Warner. Thought it was a pretty good breakdown today. Run that back. And of course, if you dig what you see, hit the like button. With that said, push the goddamn button. button. Push that button. Yeah, brother. He said three to four shows in a day. One, two, three, four, five. Five shows in a manner of 24 hours. Don't y'all ever say I don't work. Well, I be working, man. We out here. Love y'all. Peace.